I think often about one of the darkest periods of my life. And the funny thing is, at the time, I didn't know it was one of the darkest periods. It was just a normal phase of my life. It was my standard, and my good days then are my terrible days now. So many people have no idea how much better they could feel. They don't realize that their normal state is bottom of the barrel. I would start my days at 10 a.m. I would drive straight to the McDonald's, grab two sausage and egg McMuffins and a large iced coffee with cream, sugar, all of it. I would instantly feel like garbage and I would just lay back down and binge watch episodes of The Office. Then I did that until I got hungry again and then I would either go somewhere to eat and just eat way too much food again, or I'd cook at home and just, again, eat way too much food again, like frozen burritos and all of the stuff where it just doesn't require any effort to make. And this was in college. I was taking online classes at the time, and I just didn't know how to manage myself. I saw the freedom of online classes as an excuse to adopt self-destructive habits. I barely did any of my schoolwork, and I would log on last minute to just complete the assignments, and I still passed with A's and B's, so that says a lot about the education system. At night, I would spend five to seven hours playing League of Legends, and this was with or without friends, and at this point, I was just numbing my mind to escape the whatever I was hiding from. And this is all to illustrate one point. The difference between video games and real life is fake risk and real risk, real pain, real fear, real sacrifice, the things that allow pleasure, love, and results to exist. In a video game, you can fail without repercussion. You can die and you respawn. In life, you can't just hide behind your screen and hope that there won't be any kind of failure that is necessary to grow. In a video game, we trick our minds into thinking that we're making progress. We increase our level, we acquire skills, we acquire traits, we unlock certain things like dungeons and new quests, and it triggers the reward system in our brain, and we start to enjoy the comfort and security of diving into the fake unknown in a video game to give us that false reward, and it's just all backwards. I was doing this same thing in my life. I was hiding from the necessary failure and pushing into the unknown that will bring true progress and reward into my life. I had to get my reward from something external. I had to get my reward from video games and food rather than pursuing my goals and making progress. The sleeping in fast food and Netflix binges kept me in a drip-fed dopamine sedation so that I didn't feel the need to pursue anything greater. Everything was fine because I let it be fine. My life sucked because I let it suck. Before we begin, I am once again asking you to pre-order my new book, The Art of Focus. It's more than just a book. It comes in a keepsake box. The price actually will increase in two days, and there's only 2,000 total copies available. 25% uh, are gone. And by the time this YouTube video goes out, there's only two days, and I upload weekly. So this is the final update you're actually going to see on YouTube before the price actually increases. So go and click the first link in the description to actually check out what's inside. You don't have to buy, obviously, if you just go and click on the link to see what's inside. But if you want to be one of the first 2,000 to actually read the book, then you get instant access to the digital version that you can read on Kindle or Readwise Reader. And of course, the annual event, the Future of Work event, with total of five to six speakers that we already have, that's gonna happen in Q3 of 2020. For and all keepsake holders, the people that purchase the box, get a private invitation to that. Let's get back into it. Your life sucks because of the thousands of tiny choices you made over the past year. 
You didn't make the choices that led to a purposeful career. You didn't make the choices that led to fulfilling relationships. You didn't make the choices that led to a healthy and aesthetic body. But Dan, what about my genetics and where I was born and the job that doesn't give me the time to blah, 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 blah. Yeah, those things obviously play a role, but you just made another choice to close your mind off to the potential choice that you could make to slowly get yourself out of that situation so that you can free up more time or move environments or whatever to make better choices. Choices come after choices. You don't just make the choice to quit your job without making the prior choices that allow you to do that. The ability to choose cannot be taken away or even given away. It can only be forgotten. That is a quote from Greg McCown from his book, Essentialism. It's not difficult to look around and see that you're not a special case. There are thousands of individuals, if not hundreds of thousands or millions, that were in a relatively similar situation as you that made the choices that allowed them to get out of that situation. What I'm saying is, is that there is a way out of whatever it is. If your business isn't growing, that's your fault. You haven't zoomed out or developed the mental capacity or skill to be able to even register what the problem is in your business so that you can solve that problem and let it continue growing. Same goes with your relationships or just your life situation in general. You have to push into the unknown in order to discover the skill, mindset, or whatever that allows you to then from a higher level of mind, come back to that situation and solve the problem. The quote from Einstein, you cannot solve a problem from the same mind that created it. So increasing your mental capacity comes first. Increasing your mental capacity comes from pushing into the unknown, cultivating new skills, understanding new knowledge, and getting out of the known, the comfortable routine and cycle that you have dug yourself into. The quality of your life one year from now will depend on the tiny choices that compound into that life. You don't have to make perfect choices. It's actually better if you make mistakes. The greatest risk is no risk at all, because how else would you fail? Without failure, improvement is literally impossible. Without improvement, you don't have an aim for your life. Without an aim for your life, everything becomes meaningless. Becoming a better person is how you live with purpose. That was about tiny choices. And now we need to understand big standards. Broke people are okay with being broke until something catastrophic happens. And it is much more likely for a catastrophic event to happen to them. Their car blows up because it's old and unmaintained. Someone breaks into their house or their car because they live in a bad neighborhood. Their parents get sick and they can't help because they have a low income. And of course, they, you have the motivation to make money at this point when something catastrophic happens, but most people think it's too late when the catastrophic event actually happens, so they don't do anything about it. And then they just wait for the next catastrophic event. They didn't prepare. They didn't have the foresight or vision for that catastrophic event. They couldn't break out of the narrow mind that they have adopted because of the narrow routine that they are stuck in. So they get trapped in an infinite cycle of, I should have started sooner. And eventually things equalize, right? So they the, the event happens, like someone breaks into their car, and then the stress slowly comes down, and then it becomes normal, and then they're comfortable again. And it's like, I don't have to do anything. I feel just fine. My survival isn't at stake. And they just wait for another one to happen. They don't do anything to prevent it. They don't do anything to reverse entropy. Successful people use these events to change who they are. And who they are determines their standards and values. And their standards and values determine the tiny choices that they make. 
If you're okay with having $5 in your bank account, you won't see that as a problem. If you're okay with having $100,000 in your bank account, you will see anything less than that as a problem that needs to be fixed. Problems frame your perception. I have an entire chapter on this in my book. When your mind is open and has the intelligent limitations or the standards that allow you to create smart problems that require creativity, then you begin to notice more, let's say, money-making opportunities in these situations where if you have $5 in your bank account, you don't see that as a problem, right? So you're not going to notice any opportunities that help fix that because it's not on your mind. It's not framing your perception. And when you are not okay with anything less than $100,000, then even if you have $50,000, your survival is at stake. You're going to see that as a problem. It's going to bring a you stress to your life, which is a good kind of stress. And then things, the universe starts to conspire in your favor. But this is just like the logical outcome of having a problem on your mind that you want to solve creatively. You start absorbing information without even really being aware of it. Your Google searches change to things like how to make an extra $1,000 a month. You start having conversations about money with your friends. All of these tiny choices begin to compound into results. You rewire your thinking patterns based on your intentional search for specific information relating to the problem you are facing. The information you consume highly influences your identity and thus your standards. So if you are in, let's say, a social media space or you're reading books or you're immerse your conditioning, programming, training your mind, like I talk about in the video about mental bodybuilding, you're slowly allowing these standards to form over time. If you're surrounded by a group of internet hustlers, no matter what you think of them, that keep saying, oh, you need to make this much a month to be successful, there's goods and bads about that. But if you adopt that as a standard, the likelihood of you actually reaching that point is a thousand times higher than someone who does not have that standard in their mind. They're just not receiving and storing and memorizing and being able to use the information that crosses their mind. They just get stuck in this cycle of scrolling all day long. If you surround yourself with people, physical or digital, that make it seem like it's okay to be 100 pounds overweight, have zero money, work a job you hate, stay with a partner you despise, get drunk every night, and the rest, how do you think your life will end up? If your standards require you to eat from whole foods, you are going to look at McDonald's in disgust. If you don't, then those aren't hard standards in your head. And this is also how standards intertwine with identity. A bodybuilder is naturally going to gravitate towards certain types of food and see other foods as disgusting. And the only way a bodybuilder becomes a bodybuilder is through the education, pushing into the unknown, seeing progress in progress in the practice of bodybuilding and adopting the actions that are necessary to become one and the standards to become one or else they don't get results. And this isn't more than just bodybuilding. If you're not interested in bodybuilding, okay, whatever. If you're interested in making money or changing your life, then you're interested in adopting the identity of the person that is going to reach that ideal future. If your standards require you to work like a CEO, you will see low-level grunt work as a problem that needs to be outsourced or automated or taken over by a software. This explains the majority of like AI and automation coming into take away those jobs. It's because the people with those jobs don't have the standards that allow them to bridge their understanding and action to a higher identity. Now, you obviously can't solve all of the problems in your life immediately. You can't escape your situation right now. You need a plan. You need an aim. And by sticking to this plan, I can promise that the journey will be more enjoyable than the outcome of that thing. As Nietzsche would say, 
Happiness is the feeling that power increases, that resistance is being overcome. So now, tiny choices and big standards. We've covered those and how they connect with each other. Now, a good way to adopt higher standards is to adopt the standards of the person you want to become or the ideal version of yourself. Most people take the bare minimum approach to life. Quick money, quick sex, quick pleasure, no commitment, no depth, no failure. The easier you try to make your life, the harder it's going to be. The way out of mindless living is to adopt the standards of who you want to become. How much money do you want to make? What kind of work will bring you fulfillment? What is your ideal relationship for friends or a partner? How do you want to look and feel? You must go beyond the bare minimum of survival. Commit to having a reason behind your actions. If you don't know why you're doing something, why are you doing it? And if you do know why, why are you ignoring it? Are you advancing humanity by handing out 40 quadruple-pumped caramel macchiatos at Starbucks, or are you making humanity sick and overweight? Why haven't you begun pursuing a more purposeful career or starting a business? Do you know why you are putting that food in your mouth? Are you aware of it? Do you understand how each nutrient interacts and creates a healthy state in your body? Why haven't you begun educating yourself on nutrition and training? If you live in your body, it should be your full-time job to learn about it. Do you know why you're going through the motions with a partner that was easy to get with? Do you see yourself with them for 40 more years? Why haven't you improved your social skills and your personal development to the point of being able to attract a better partner? Because in this case, most people just become, what's, I don't even, what's the word, incel? They become an incel because as what we talked about earlier, they don't see the tiny choices that they can make to reach an ideal outcome. And then, as I said earlier, they close their mind off and that's the choice they decide to make. It's cliche but you only have one shot at this thing called life. The only person that can stop you from living a meaningless existence is yourself. Let's break down what creates better choices. Learning is the fundamental human drive. At birth, you are an information sponge. Your parents, friends, society, teachers, and bosses all project their worldview on you. Where did they get their worldview? From the same people, unless they question it. They got it from their parents, friends, society, teachers, and bosses. This is all that you know, when you reach the age of, let's say, 12 to 18. And if we could put a number on it, you know less than 1% of the information available in the world. I would even say it's less than 0.001%. And that is the same 0.001% that every single other person knows because it was passed down by every single other person. That's what the matrix is. It's a web of expectations. And those web of expectations create your identity, which is the same as everyone else, and they get locked in the, into the same routines, the same cycles. They get locked into the known, and they become slaves to it. Your identity limits what information you notice because you've only learned so much. You won't notice certain things if you haven't learned the information that bridges what it is with what you know. You won't understand intermediate information if you haven't learned beginner information. You can't advance from level 1 to 3. You are missing out on 99% of life for this reason. It's because, oh, I don't want to do that thing when it's the exact thing that will lead to you doing what you want. If I was exposed to the environment and information that made me a goth, I would notice certain likes and dislikes in music, people, clothing, work opportunities, outlooks on the future, and I would have a, a, a certain cycle of emotional states that I go through. If I drown myself in information that would lead to the identity that I want over time, I would spot opportunities related to that identity. This brings up the power of the internet. You can tend a digital garden or be thrust into a digital swamp. 
We've never had access to so much information, and I find it hard to believe that it isn't creating identities for the worse and very rapidly. When you log on to social media, the default action is to follow entertainment and meme accounts rather than value creators. Almost all of them subject your mind to unwanted tenants that party like it's a frat house. When the parents come down, they're devastated by what they see. Your awareness is the parents coming down to see the swamp that you've created in your mind. Become aware of this now. One, unfollow anyone who does not serve the conditioning of better standards in your life. Even if it doesn't seem like it, and no matter how much you justify it, the people you follow subtly influence your actions. Slowly, then all at once, you become someone you may hate. Two, take your time to follow valuable accounts. Valuable accounts challenge your worldview, make you think outside the box, and educate you on the skills necessary to reach a higher quality of life. This is not an overnight process. Again, you may not find the information useful at first. It takes time to bridge specific ideas that lead to understanding. You will probably find it boring until it's one of the most interesting things in the world. Follow one account, let the algorithm do its work, follow accounts that reply to the first account's posts. With time, you will create an environment that is conducive to your growth. The only difference between you and the person more successful than you is the consistent intention behind the information they consume. But what about taking action? You're acting every day. Why? Because your mind is programmed with the information conducive to those actions. Your identity is forged by the information you've been fed, and that alone determines what you perceive as an opportunity to act. Surround yourself with the right people, and you can achieve anything you want. Now, let's talk about becoming a value creator, or the path of the value creator, which I've done in two videos. The most recent one is the value creator, something, something, something. Why do people keep doing things they hate? I've always wondered this. Not like I'm a special little flower that never got stuck in that trap, but one who feels like he's escaped and can view the situation from a higher place on the mountain until he inevitably falls back down after crossing the peak. Praying for the weekend, dreading Monday morning, hiding who you are to make conversation with people you don't like working with, using the internet as an escape. Scrolling, clicking, shutting your mind off for just a bit longer because when it's on, you don't like what it's doing. This is the life of the consumer, the person who is used by the internet rather than the one who uses it. There's no escaping this new world. You can fight with it or flow with it. And while the internet is a big problem, it's also the solution. You do not have to use the internet to do this, but I don't see a reason not to. Every time someone emails me and it's like, oh, I want to do this, but do I have to do it on social media? Like, isn't social media bad for your mind? And it's like, yes, if you let it be, if you can't control yourself and the people you follow, other than that, it's like just the greatest way to make friends in the world. Like, I, I, it doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like saying that social media and subjecting your mind to those bad experiences is like going to a bar and acting like you have to stay there because you don't like the people. Like, you're free to go to a bar at any time, but on social media, you can go to a bar on the other side of the world. The last reason your life sucks is because you don't contribute to humanity. You don't contribute to humanity because you don't have something so valuable that you can't help but share it. You don't have something valuable to offer because you are ignoring the problems in your life that beg a solution to be created. You are ignoring the problems in your life because you don't have clarity on how to achieve the goal that will solve them. You don't have clarity on how to achieve a goal because you have nothing to build, nothing to frame and guide your learning. A value creator is someone who has intention behind their inputs and outputs. They treat their life like a science project. And it's funny that like I'm writing this and it's crazy how I've conditioned my mind to think in my book because 
everything that we're listing here is like chapter by chapter. It's kind of a summary of what's inside the book, really. Like your science project, building something, how to learn, it's all in there. So they treat their life like a science project and they identify problems in their life. They educate themselves with the infinite resources available to them on the internet. They test the solution on themselves and distribute their experiences with writing. If you want to learn writing, go watch the Digital Writer series or the One Person Business series playlist. They package up the most helpful and streamlined solutions in the form of a product or service. That is how they make a living by living with purpose. Becoming a creator is the cure for overconsumption. Writing is the vessel for distributing value. I write on all platforms. I don't care to compete with designs or images. YouTube is the only place that I actually have videos aside from the animations, but I rarely do those anymore. And this is just a written script. It's all writing. I just stand up here and talk and go over the points of my script. I gain a deep sense of fulfillment by using the internet as a place to curate good thoughts, but to organize and share them with others with the ultimate upside of doing what I enjoy to make a living, something that's in my control. This isn't about becoming famous. This isn't about building a massive following, although those things can happen. This is about distributing the value you have to offer in a place that can reach anyone with the opportunities that will change your life and career. You don't need a step-by-step -step course to join the online party. Write what you want to write. Talk to who you want to talk to. Get your name in front of people by not being a ghost. Get eyes on your writing so it can spread more with time. I just talked about that in the last video, how to grow, how to actually grow in social media. If you really need the extra push, just look at the people that you have followed for a long time. Observe what they write about. Observe how they write it. Observe who they interact with. Observe what they sell to make a living. Piece the dots together and begin emulating them. If you don't have an answer, look it up. You won't get all of the answers in an instant. Be okay with that. If you know you are meant for more, start acting like it. You don't have to write, but I've tried it all. With writing being the fundamental mode of communication that has survived throughout human existence, it's a great starting point to discover what you truly want to do. Enjoy the rest of your week, my friends. Link in the description for the Art of Focus box, other things like tour writer, digital economics, learn a high income skill, productize yourself. Uh, Seven Days to Genius Ideas. I haven't said that one in a while. That's a free challenge, my idea generation system. That'll actually be really helpful for, write, for writing if you want to go and download that one. I'm stumbling over my words. It's time to go. Have a good one. Peace.